Hey everyone, it's Father Pat, here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings for today are from the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, I hear the whisperings of many, terror on every side. Denounce, let us denounce him. All those who were my friends are on the watch for any misstep of mine. Perhaps he will be trapped. Then we can prevail and take our vengeance on him. But the Lord is with me like a mighty champion. My persecutors will stumble. They will not triumph. In their failure, they will be put to utter shame, to lasting, unforgettable confusion. O Lord of hosts, you who test the just, who probe mind and heart, let me witness the vengeance you take on them. For to you I have entrusted my cause. Sing to the Lord, praise to the Lord. For he has rescued the life of the poor from the power of the wicked. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, Lord, in your great love, answer me. Lord, in your great love, answer me. For your sake I bear insult, and shame covers my face. I have become an outcast to my brothers, a stranger to my mother's children, because zeal for your house consumes me, and the insults of those who blaspheme you fall upon me. Lord, in your great love, answer me. I pray to you, O Lord, for the time of your favor, O God. In your great kindness, answer me with your constant help. Answer me, O Lord, for bounteous is your kindness, and your great mercy turn toward me. Lord, in your great love, answer me. See you lowly ones and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts revive. For the Lord hears the poor, and his own who are in bonds, he spurns not. Let the heavens and the earth praise him, the seas and whatever moves in them. Lord, in your great love, answer me. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, through one man sin entered the world, and through sin death. And thus death came to all men, inasmuch as all sinned. For up to the time of the law, sin was in the world, though sin is not accounted when there is no law. But death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin after the pattern of the trespass of Adam, who is the type of the one who was to come. But the gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one the many died, how much more did the grace of God and the gracious gift of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow for the many? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the twelve, Fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly father. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I visited recently with the Benedictine Sisters of Mary, Queen of Peace, whose monastery is located in rural Rutherford County, North Carolina. The three sisters uh, strive to be self-sustaining while raising a small amount of livestock, vegetables, and fruit. My tour of the grounds included a short visit with a group of about 75 chicks that the sisters have had for a few weeks. While they also have chickens that lay eggs, these chicks are being raised for meat, and in a couple of months they will be fully grown, at which point 
well, let's just say they won't live to see their grand chicks. As I held one of the chicks in the palm of my hand, I thought, you know, it's a good thing you have a bird brain and aren't particularly intelligent because the reality is, little guy, that you don't have a chance, which is exactly how Jeremiah feels. Jeremiah is kind of a chick himself, really. When called by God to be a prophet, he tries to decline the assignment because of his youth. Jeremiah is no bird brain, though. Jerusalem is under threat of siege by Babylon, and Jeremiah has the unenviable task of, of telling everyone that the assurances of the religious and military leaders that the city and the nation will be preserved from defeat are not true. And to rub salt in the wound, Jeremiah also has to tell them that their own infidelity has brought them to this point. The chosen people of God, who have the wisdom of the law, will be conquered by pagans who worship molten images of animals. Jeremiah feels like everyone is against him because, well, everyone is against him. He says, I hear the whisperings of many, terror on every side. Denounce, let us denounce him. All those who were my friends are on the watch for any misstep of mine. Perhaps he will be trapped. Then we can prevail and take our vengeance on him. Even his friends are against him and not passively either. They're looking for any opportunity to bring him down. It's hard to imagine feeling more alone. And yet, as we hear in today's gospel, the apostles feel vulnerable and afraid as Jesus sends them out on mission to their Jewish brothers and sisters. In fact, Jesus tells them three times in just a few short verses not to be afraid. He doesn't deny that they will face harsh opposition, even among their own families. Jesus says that they are like sheep being sent among wolves. Only by being reminded of God's protection and love can they have the courage to do what Jesus sends them to do. Without faith, Jeremiah and the apostles would have run from God rather than from him. On the flip side, imagine being afraid or perhaps merely lost and having weak faith or no faith at all. Searching for the meaning of life and sensing something is missing, you muster up the nerve to walk through the doors of the nearest Catholic church. In one or more ways, you don't measure up to what the church demands. You know in your heart of certain ways you have sinned. There are other things that the church firmly teaches are wrong, but you don't believe the same and perhaps are living the opposite. Not to mention that you don't know the prayers, the songs, or when to sit, stand, kneel, or bow. God's love and mercy are mentioned, but the message you receive is that God only loves, forgives, and redeems those who follow all the rules. Otherwise, you don't belong there. One of the main themes of St. Paul's letters, including his letter to the Romans, is that we are justified by faith, not works. That's not to say our actions don't matter. But God's grace is primary, and with our cooperation, overwhelms and heals the wounds of sin. Many Jewish converts to Christianity believe that in order to be a true disciple, you had to follow every provision of the Jewish law. Paul argues that the law is given to show us not only our sinfulness, but our powerlessness over our sin. We are incapable of saving ourselves. We can only be saved through faith in a God who loves us enough to save us in spite of our imperfections. Only then will we desire, strengthened by God's grace, to live up to the call of the gospel and have the courage to do so. But it's a lot harder to do that by yourself. Walking into a church only to find your fellow worshipers whispering against you, grumbling at your appearance, or criticizing your past or present lifestyle will leave a person feeling like Jeremiah, except worse, because he or she has not yet encountered God's love and will expect to see it first in us. There is only one Catholic church because we are universal. Everyone belongs here, no matter where they are in their journey and how far they are from perfection. They come to the church seeking God's grace, not because they become saints without it, 
This past week, I had a conversation with a young man who was raised in a strong Catholic home, but now has drifted in and out, mostly out, of the practice of his faith. As he moves closer to to marriage and a family, he sees value in the Catholic Church for its core values, but he rejects a legalism that leaves him feeling like he never measures up. He doesn't want his future children to experience that same rejection. My words, not his. And frankly, he is angered by the hypocrisy of both leaders and disciples who preach love and mercy, but fail to live it themselves. I told him that's exactly why he needs to stay. He's not perfect, and it will take him an entire lifetime to become so. It is the same for every one of us, no matter how visible or invisible our sins. He will disagree, sometimes strongly, with church teaching, and the church needs to hear his arguments to strengthen the reasonableness of ours. We need his gifts, and he needs ours, and we all need God's grace, because not one of us can save ourselves. So slide down a little in the pew. Make room for the people who are as different from you as you can imagine and rejoice that they are there. It would be even better if you were the one to invite them. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a great day and say a prayer for me.